pray and ask the Lord to just be present in a very powerful way. And I, I just believe He will, and I believe He always does. You know, I, I needed a healing this morning, and I got it, and I praise God for it. Amen. Anybody else need a touch from Him? Yeah, well, you're going to get it too. I tell you, there's a pursuing spirit here. Say, <laughs> so what's a pursuing spirit? Just stand still long enough. You'll find out. He'll catch you. Hey, uh-huh. We're talking about the gate of thanksgiving. We've been talking about the rain, the rain, the rain, the rain. So let's, let's get into this uh, heavenly gateway here that we're about to have. So, Father, bless your word. Mm. Let it be quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And may the grace of the Lord be upon us as we break this bread together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let all the house say amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, I, I, have, always, I have always preached that thanksgiving sustains, say sustains, sustains the blessing of God. Uh, uh, Pastor Jordan can tell you that there's, there's a foot pedal down there, and, you know, and uh, if, if you just hit the key, it'll just ding. But there's a pedal up there that's called a, it's called a sustain pedal, right? And you, and you put your foot on that pedal, and when you hit the note, it doesn't go bink. It goes bing, right? And they call it a sustain pedal. Well, Thanksgiving is your sustain pedal. You get, you know, you, you, you buy that new car and, and, or new something, and it's still got that, got that new car smell. And then as soon as the smell goes away, you stop thanking God for it. So we say, I never bought a new car. I don't know what you're talking about. But listen, 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 listen. You know, if, you, if you'll thank God for that car every time you get in it, that car becomes meaningful three years later. Amen. It's still a blessing five years later. Because, come on now. And it really is, but we forget to thank him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the blessings of God. But, but I, I, I'm believing today that Thanksgiving doesn't just make beautiful music. It goes beyond that. I want to talk about Thanksgiving going beyond just sustaining what he did to opening doors to what he will do. On th- you know, Thanksgiving's coming up, of course. And I want you to, I want, and you gather around the table, I want you to thank God not just for what he's done and not just for what he's doing, but for what he's about to do. He said, well, what's he about to do? Well, if you listen, he'll tell you. And even if you don't listen, there's plenty of promises in the book you could claim Mm, Come on. I want you to hear what I'm about to say. Thanksgiving is a gateway. It is a gateway to the impossible. Come on. Say, Thanksgiving is a gate. It's a gate to the impossible. It's a gate that opens the windows of heaven and allows the rain of God. Have you ever seen rain like this in November? I, you know, I got two, three more weeks of this. I hope we see the sun sometime in there, but it's almost like the Lord's just showing us what he could do. The rain of God. Psalms 100, verse 4. We, we've sung this old chorus. Oh, my God. It's, Noah sang this chorus on the ark. That's how old this is. But he says, enter, say enter, his gates with 
turn that around. Thanksgiving is a gate. Thanksgiving opens resources. Someone once had a vision of heaven, and they said as they went walking through heaven, they saw storehouses bigger than this room, just huge storehouses. And God just walked them from storehouse to storehouse, and the shelves were packed full. And she said, why? What is this? He said, these are all the blessings that my people have never claimed. Just sitting on a shelf. Because nobody understood the gateway, the gate of possibility. Mm. And it all starts with thanksgiving. Okay, let's go to Luke chapter 17 and, and the story about the ten lepers. Then as he entered a certain village, Jesus did, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. They stood afar off. Because lepers were not allowed to be in the company of everybody else. Now listen, I'll put my gloves on and pray for you. (laughs) They stood afar off. But listen, we don't have to be a leper to understand that because there are times in our lives that we feel afar off. We feel like everybody else is around Jesus and we're afar off. We feel we're praying, but it seems like he's afar off. We seem to be separate. It seems like, listen, our circumstances are separating us from what God promised us. I seem to be in a situation that's separating me, that's pushing me away from the promise of God. I need to go there, but I'm being hindered by something else. I just feel like my life's corroding away. I'm losing fingers and noses are falling off. I'm just feeling terrible, and I feel separated. But God is here today that you may feel afar off, but he sees you afar off. Oh, come on. We need to start lifting up our voice. The further off you feel, the louder you ought to shout, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Oh, there he is. Hallelujah. And when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. That's all he said. He said, why would you do that? Because when you're healed of leprosy, according to the law of the Old Testament, you had to go show yourself to the priest that your leprosy was gone. So in other words, go do your religious thing. And as, but listen, but as you go, because you're obedient, I'll heal you. So as they go, he's going, my nose was about to fall off, but it's whole. Somebody give me a mirror. Look at my fingers. They're growing back. Look at the skin. It's, it's, my, feels like, feels like baby skin. My, my, you know, and they're, they're just, they're, they can't wait to get to the priest. But one couldn't wait to get to Jesus. They were all healed because they were obedient and they did the religious thing. But one was made whole because he accessed the gate of being grateful. Thanksgiving will get you places that even obedience won't get you. <laughs> 
Oh, I don't know. Come on now. Thanksgiving is a gateway to the impossible, gateway to the next level, gateway to wholeness. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned. Say, he returned. And with a loud voice. I think it's too loud in here. Get over yourself because it's going to get louder. With a loud voice, glorified God. Mm -hmm. And he fell down on his face, giving him. Oh. Let me tell you something about this gate. It's not real tall. You have to get down. You have to bend over. You can't come through this gate proudly. You can't come through this gate. My God, y'all feel this in the back row? If they hadn't raised their hands, I'd, I'd come preach halfway down. You can't get this with pride. You See, some people want to give thanks in public but not private. Oh, I'm so thankful I'm not like everybody else. You know what Jewish men thank God for? They thank God that they weren't a woman or a child or a Gentile. And, and, and three-fourths of us are there. Actually, all of us are there because we're Gentiles. Come on. I'm serious. They would get up every, um, every, every Jewish man would get up every morning. God, I'm so thankful I'm not a woman. Really? <laughs> it's sinking in, isn't it? It's sinking in. Listen, listen. They would go into the, we, we, we hear about Jesus talking about these guys. They would go into the marketplace. Oh! God, I thank you for all of your blessings. And listen, some people just give thanks to get attention. Some people give thanks to let, let just to brag on their condition. I don't know what. You listen, uh, unless you're spending more time in private giving him thanks than you are public, I check out your motive. Thanksgiving is not manipulation. You won't get through the gate by manipulating God. You'll get through the gate by bowing down. you got to duck down to get through this gate. You might have to crawl to get through this gate. My God, we need a brokenness in the house of the Lord that says, Oh, my God, you're so good to me. He fell on his face giving him thanks. And, oh, by the way, he wasn't even a Jew. Of the ten, he was a Samaritan. He was an outsider. Sometimes sinners know more about giving thanks. You mind? It's going to get tight. New converts. He said a little child just gets to the heart of God because of their sincerity. They're really thankful. They have tears in their eyes. They know it couldn't have happened without him. Jesus answered and said, weren't there ten of you? Didn't I touch more of you? Didn't I do more? How many have forgotten what he's done? How many are, have stopped going back to thank him for what he's done? How many of us, we get to grumbling and complaining and doubting and wondering if God will do it when he's done it before? You know, I'm just the kind of guy, if Joe, if God will do it for anybody, why, he can do it for me, amen. If I see God do anything in any other church, I figure he 
do it in this church. If God will bless you, he'll bless me. Amen. I'm just thankful that way. Give him a praise. Jesus did the math. Where are the other nine? Where are we in our heart of thanksgiving? Listen, it takes faith to activate a miracle, but thanksgiving expedites the miracle. Go, go to that. Go to that. See? Faith. Oh, yes. And the battle is with faith. Faith. It takes faith to activate a miracle. But thanksgiving expedites. Expedient means to speed up the, proper, the process, to accomplish properly. You, you got the, uh, the prefix E-X there, and you got the suffix at the end, the I-T-E, but right in the middle is the Greek, is the Greek P-E-D, and it's where we get pedestrian, or uh, what's that doctor called, that, the foot doctor? Podiatrist. P-E-D means feet. <laughs> Thanksgiving puts feet on your prayers. <laughs> some, some of your prayers are on turtle shells. Some of your prayers are locked up in snails, snail shells. Some of you are like, some of our, some of our prayer lives like sloths. But oh, oh, my God, put my prayer life on an automobile. Put my prayer life on a jet engine. Amen. Let's put feet on those prayers by giving him thanks. Oh, the right attitude will get you into his courts. Come on, To live in the spirit of thanksgiving is to recognize Jesus. Mm -hmm. It brings recognition of who he is. Let's Let's get to somewhere. Luke 24, verse 13. Now behold, two of them, remember the road to Emmaus that same day, to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. Mostly they were talking negative. Oh, we lost him. They killed him. Oh, I, I really thought everything was going to work out this time. I thought he was going to be our king. Now they buried him in a tomb. And all the while, they're, and then Jesus sees them walking and he, he, he joins them. Hey, y'all, what you talking about? Well, you hadn't heard? Jesus is dead and in the grave. Can you see the humor here in Jesus? He didn't say, what are you talking about? I'm Jesus. No. He just said, oh, really? Tell me about it. And they walked for hours. But their eyes were restrained. They were with Jesus, but didn't know he was Jesus. They were listening to the word, but were not, but did not realize they were in his presence. Doesn't it make sense that if you're hearing the word, that you're in the presence. So beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning him. My God, I don't know how many times I've preached messages, and I wondered if anybody was here. Uh, I smiled. And begin, okay, next verse. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. Sometimes the Lord tests us, and he acts like he's moving away when really he just wants us to reach out. If you'll just grab him. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. That's the day we live in, by the way. And he went in to stay with them. 
Oh, I, I don't want just a visitation. I want a habitation. Anybody want a habitation? I, I don't want occasional visits of the Spirit. I want the habitation. I, I want you to go home and have a habitation of His Spirit in, in your home. My God. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them, they still didn't recognize him, that he took bread, blessed it, in other words, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them. Watch what happened when he gave thanks. All of a sudden, then their eyes were, our eyes get open when we become thankful for everything he's given us. Can I get an amen there? Listen, next point. To operate in thanksgiving is to see multiplication. By being thankful for what we have, he multiplies it. When you're thankful for the little bit you have, he takes that and multiplies it. So watch this. In those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples and said to them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way, for some of them have come from afar. Uh Then his disciples answered him, how can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? He asked them, how many loaves do you have? Don't you think he knew? He is the Son of God. He was there when they baked it. He was there when they put the seed in the ground. How many loaves do you have? He said, seven. That's not enough for the 12 disciples. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And they set them before the multitude. Now watch this. Before Jesus does anything, he goes up the mountain. If you're going to get anything from God, you need to start learning how to climb. It's only those who ascend that receive. Now, listen, Jesus went up. He didn't ask anyone to follow, but they were hungry for the word, so they climbed. Old people, young people, young mothers, everyone. They helped the old elder. They all said, Jesus, is, he's going up the mountain. Well, what do you think? Well, duh, I'm going with him. How many feel like there's an ascending going on in the house lately? <laughs> How many feel like we're going a little higher lately? I, there's an ascending. As he goes up, if he be lifted up, he will draw. Uh, so as he goes up, everybody goes up with him. And then when they get to that place, he tells them to sit down. Say, sit down. Sit down. Sit down. We have to learn the peace of God. We're not going to receive from God with an anxious spirit. Uh, listen, and, oh, by the way, they had a few fish, too. It's like, it's like fish and chips from McDonald's. I mean, it's, and, and having blessed them, right, he blessed them. So they ate and were filled, and they took up seven large baskets. That word basket, by the way, is the same word where they, left, where they lifted Paul over the wall in a basket. So those baskets are big enough to put people in. Each of the disciples got more than the people who were eating. 
the ones doing the distribution got to partake in the blessing and receive more than the ones that were blessed. Oh, there's a word there. Are you still with me? Are you still with me? Now, those who had eaten were about 4,000, and he sent them away. (laughs) 4,000. The other time he did it, there were 5,000 men, which means somewhere between 15 and 30,000. And then he had five loaves. For 4,000, he used seven loaves. For 30,000, see, if I was a disciple, I'd be doing the math. Now, seven for four and the five. We, we need about 12. We need about 15 loaves for 30,000. Jesus says, no, you know what? I'm going to do even less for, for the more. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. We need to sit. If you want to receive, sit down. I like the book of Ephesians. Watchman Nee, that famous uh, uh, missionary to, uh, to China in the previous century, he wrote a book on Ephesians, and it's called Sit, Walk, Stand. Before you stand and walk, you've got to learn how to sit. If you can sit, then you can stand, and then you can walk. Walk and then stand. Read through the book of Ephesians. You'll see it. At the beginning, it talks about sitting. We are seated together in heavenly places. Amen? Can I give you a scripture that's not up there? God gave me this this morning. Psalms 92, 13 says, They that are planted in the house of the Lord. Come on. They that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. The reason we don't flourish, because we're not planted. Oh, some of you think you're planted, but you're a potted plant. And a potted plant can only grow to the size of the pot. I don't want to be rooted in a pot just so I can run around and do my thing. I want to be rooted in soil so I can go deep and wide. By the way, I want to be rooted in ground so I don't have to rely on somebody to water me. I live off the rain. I don't wait for some dummy with a pot that forgot to water me. And I'm just withering away. And that church, they just don't feed me. I just don't. Oh, get out of your pot. I don't know that I have enough water containers to keep you all watered. Amen. Why don't you learn how to get the rain? Give God a praise while I take a break. Woo! Hallelujah! Wow, 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 wow. Ephesians, uh, oh, wow, they found the Scripture. That's awesome. Ephesians, real quick, in chapter 2. But anyway, you, you know that. Uh, we were dead in trespasses. He made us alive with Christ, right? In the next verse, he says, therefore, and raised us up to get. By the way, you're not seated individually. You're seated in companies. He said, have them all sit down. In, 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 in the other instance in Matthew and Mark, and it talks about this, they were seated in companies of 50. Listen, you need to stop thinking you can get a blessing by being rebellious. Really? We're seated in companies. Well, I just love Jesus. I don't love people. But those people are his. He loves them. What's your problem? Is anybody praying for me? 
I just worship God in the woods. Well, I do too, but the bear and the moose are not my brother. When they say, I just worship in the woods, I say, yeah, but is God your father? Yeah. Well, he's my daddy too. That makes us brothers. Where you been? Families that don't come together are called dysfunctional. You might be going to heaven, but anyway. Raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Oh, my, 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 my. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of the grace and his kindness toward us in in Christ Jesus. In other words, he wants to brag on you. Reckless love. (laughs) He wants to brag on you. Wow. So Jesus gives thanks for the loaves and fishes. And the Bible says he just starts breaking it off. And as he break it off, it would just grow back. Break a fish in half and whoop, grows back. And the Bible says, watch this, he gave what he broke to the disciples. For the, People didn't come up and get it from Jesus. He gave it to the, here, give this to that company. Give this to that company. And how many want to be a part of God's distribution system? You know why some of us aren't part of God's distribution center? Because we like to put things in our warehouse. Oh, yeah, that'll preach. I wish I had time, and you're glad I don't. But listen, i got to close this. The most powerful gate of thanksgiving is to be thankful for what you don't yet have. Acts chapter 16, verse 22. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods, right? And when they had laid many stripes on them, do you realize that Paul and Silas were probably whipped 40 times on their backs when they were thrown in prison? Do you realize the chances of infection are about 100% in that prison? They didn't even have a color TV. Imagine that. They threw them into prison and commanded the jailer to keep them secure. They put the things around their legs and, and put them in this damp place, and there's rats and, and infection and horrible stuff. I'd say they had a good reason to complain. Verse 24, I got to hurry. Verse 24, having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison, fastened their feet to the stocks, right? Next verse. But at midnight... At the darkest moment, in the middle of the night, my God, hallelujah, when the sun's long gone, amen, when everybody else is asleep, Paul and Silas were moping and complaining about their, oh, Paul, this is horrible. Are you sure God God couldn't have called us to this? I thought his exceeding riches and glory. Where's my Cadillac? Instead of getting a raise, I got thrown in jail. (laughs) Sometimes getting thrown in jail is the will of God. So what you're going to do with it, they began to thank God. We don't necessarily have to thank God for it, but we thank God in it. We just thank God anyway because we know that 
That if it's time to go, we're going to go. But if it's not time to go, we're getting out of this prison. If God has more work for us, we're getting out of here. So let's start thanking Him now. Let's start praising Him now. Let's start singing the old hymns now. Come on, let's magnify God. And suddenly there was a great earthquake and the very foundation of the prison was shut and the doors opened. That place was never a prison again. The doors were opened and everyone's chains were broken. Oh, my God. I said everyone's chain was broken because they thanked God going in spite of. They thanked God for what he was going to do. Oh, if you haven't heard anything, hear what I'm about to say. Thanking God for what he's going to do is the gateway to what he's going to do. Did you get that? I don't think you got that. Thanking him for what he's going to do is the gateway to what he's going to do. Complaining won't get you there. Depression won't get you there. Blaming somebody else. Being a victim. Lord, I'm so thankful. In spite of everything, I'm so thankful. You know why we sing God is good? We sing God is good every day because we always want to be reminded in the bad times that he is still good. Because sometimes it doesn't feel like he's good. Sometimes the prison is dark and cold and lonely and dank and infectious, but he's still good. We just sing he's good every day to remind us in the bad days that the good days are coming, that he's Lord of the bad days as much as the good days. We're reminded that he declares the end from the beginning. Whatever trial you're going through, the very day, the very hour, the very minute is already programmed. He knows when it will end and will not give the devil another second. Oh, Jesus. That pursuing spirit is still here. Whoa, 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 whoa. You remember the words of that song? There's not a mountain he won't climb. There's not a lie he won't tear down. Right? There's not a wall he won't kick down. There's no darkness he won't light up. Wow, there is a pursuing spirit. I've never used that word before this morning. There is a pursuing spirit. We are entering a whole new dimension, church, if you're willing. Listen, he's going up the mountain. I'm going with him. I'll wait. I said, I'm going with him. Still kind of weak. I don't know how to explain a pursuing spirit. Except that whatever situation you're in,
he is rushing. Oh, I've been listening to a song. It's called The Rescuer. He's my rescuer. He's my rescuer. Anybody need a rescuer this morning? That's what. 